I'm your plastic and enthusiastic host, Rio Lefevre. Hi, I'm your fantastic scholastic host, Will Kauser. And this is... Mine Over Tell. A Barbie movie breakdown. Round two. Round... We're back. Duh. And oh my goodness. <laughs> Are we ever back? Barbie's looking Barbie. good in this one. Yeah. Wow, budget... Eight times the budget. Her lip flips, stunning. She, she herself looks great, yeah. But the JPEGs yeah. that are the background images in this movie and mm-hmm. all the textures, they've got like eight times the resolution. Yeah. You can't even see each individual pixel until you're in a close-up. Yeah, totally. I One of my first notes that I took when we were watching this was that uh, this is the best Barbie has ever looked, ever. She looks stunning. And I think actually maybe it's just that she looks 10,000 times better than Miss Clara did. Yeah. Barbie and the Nutcracker rules, but it's kind of busted. Hey, have we told the people what movie this is? This is Barbie as Rapunzel. Barbie as Rapunzel. Barbie as Rapunzel. Note the preposition. Those are important. It's going to change every time. It is. Well, probably not every time. I think we're but. like seven movies out until we repeat preposition. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You know what surprised me the most about this movie? Hmm. It only took me genuinely, I guess, one Barbie movie to be able to unironically get really into a Barbie movie. Yeah. Because I had the time of my life watching this movie. It's it's really good. I had the most fun I've had watching a movie since RRR, watching Barbie <laughs> as Rapunzel. And yeah. I thought it would take... I thought I'd have to fake it for maybe 25 more episodes or that maybe like Princess and the Popper. I've heard so much about it. I thought that would be the one to change my mind. But wow, right off the bat, this was a fun movie to watch and to consume. Could I tell you any proper noun from this movie or really what happens in it? Yes. One, Rapunzel. I could tell you Rapunzel and that she doesn't ever let down her long hair. Yeah. But it do get sliced off. It do get sliced. Well, I mean, I think I could tell you a couple of things. Uh Uh-huh. But I think even when a Barbie movie is operating at its peak, which so far out of the two, sorry, Nutcracker heads, Barbie's Rapunzel is way better. Yeah. But even then, I, I really don't think I could. Uh, no, we were very trying to put together a recap this of this episode for all of you. And man, I've seen this movie a lot, and I'm a huge fan. I think it's one of the best Barbie movies ever made, but I have no idea what happens and in what sequence. We're gonna try what? our best. <laughs> we're gonna try our best to unravel yeah. this Gordian knot for you. Yes. That is Barbie as Rapunzel. And I think that just makes it better because I was really locked into, I think this is what finally made it click for me. Mm-hmm. I was super locked into, like, sleepover energy oh, yeah. when we were watching this movie, which is just, I think, the only correct energy to bring in as an audience member for a Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. That's the intended energy. It is. like we had snacks. We were staying up late. Yeah. You know, it was a weekend. It was pretty dreamy. It was we really fun. We were riffing. We were talking. We were laughing. We were gasping. And then I went back to my house at 1130 because I'm not allowed to sleep over. It was just a late night. Yeah, but, but I but I got to wear my pajamas and bring my toothbrush. But it was so. sleepover energy for sure. Yeah, before Rio's mom I picked do, her up. I do just want to I want to go on record and say that I was allowed to have sleepovers as a kid, and my mom was really cool about it. Yeah. So that was just a bit. 
I was a cool kid in elementary school. Anyway. Anyway. One thing we do know about this plot. Weren't you in an advanced math placement class I in elementary school? I don't want to talk school? about this. Okay. Yeah, no, you were cool. In a hot girl way. Yeah, in like the hot way. Yeah. That you were good at math in your head. Times tables, so fast. I don't know how many Barbie movies. It only took me two Barbie movies to learn that I love Barbie movies, unironically. Yeah. I don't know how many Barbie movies it's going to take where I'm not shocked and disappointed every time that Kelly shows <laughs> Appalled. up. I forget. I've even seen this movie and the last movie more than once. Yeah. And every time it starts <laughs> and it's like, oh, cool, a beautiful painter's workshop montage. Rapunzel has like a really cool modern workshop. Oh, and let me tell you, as a child, that, that just opening credit scene going over all of these different art projects in an art classroom, and it's so vibrant. That was mesmerizing. Like, that is one of the things that I remember the most about this movie from childhood is this opening credit scene. And then it's all ruined. Yeah, well, we've got Vorak playing. Great soundtrack on this one. Yeah. Well, in the opening credits, I think it's just a, a, a Barbara I don't. score. I can't there be is, There is, a, there's, the, one thing we do get is we get a classical composer for Barbie Rapunzel. We get Vorak, and it slays. Um, and then we also have some original stuff written for Barbie Rapunzel. We've got... A really great lullaby. Yeah, We've John Williams came in for John this John Williams one. really hooked it up. Wrote the original no, babe. soundtrack. I know this is funny, but we I don't want to discredit Barbie like that. Barbie wrote a really excellent score for this one. Yeah, full of leitmotifs and yes. resolutions. It's the only other musical thing I could think of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, great really work nice. on the score this time around Barbie and Vorak in yeah. their first but probably not last collaboration. Mm-hmm. So Kelly's in this one, and they thought that they could get away with putting Kelly in this one by just renaming her Shelly, I think <laughs> is her name in this movie. Yeah. Which is so pointless. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know, know if it's supposed to be that. a different little sister, but it's still <laughs> Kelly to me. I need to know what you think, because this podcast is about validating girlhood. But the one, like, actual boy, little girl, girl in this movie really just grinds everything to a halt. Yeah. She's not being given the benefit of the doubt as a person, Kelly, yeah. in her writing. She's written to be, I think, just annoying and scared. And those are, like, her only character traits. Which so I, I Barbie... don't mind her in the actual movie. Like, once we get the Kelly self-insert character. Oh, Kelly slays she's as like Katrina. She's like a fairy or Katrina or whatever. She's fine. She's great. But No, Kelly's great. But in real we world Kelly, Kelly, Kelly the actress, Kelly the child actor, we hate you. Yeah, Kelly the person. Kelly the person. You know, the person, that's the actual if little that is girl. that real name, Shelly. That this character is based off of. She had to change her name probably because of the death threats <laughs> that she received of like, can I just watch... The Nutcracker, please, already? Yeah. Why is there a 10-minute prologue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That has that isn't even the movie yet. It really feels like, Barbie, I love you, and you're my favorite director. But it feels like you don't trust me as an audience member to know what a movie is. Yeah, yeah. So you need to, like, frame and be like Barbie being like, I'm going to tell you a story that uses made-up situations and images about a character and a protagonist with yeah. an antagonist who goes through well, a journey. It, it almost feels like like you got an assignment of like you need to make a Barbie movie that has this motif and you have to say that that thesis motif. You know what I mean? So like you have to set it up in the beginning of like if only I were kind, caring and brave enough to succeed. Barbie movie. It's telling little girls that they need to be like Barbie when she's being like Rapunzel. Yeah. When Rapunzel's being nice and 
really just unbothered by her trauma. Yeah. It's kind of the lesson of this one. Oh, my one. gosh. And Barbie in this one, Rapunzel girl, is, like, so... There's a lot going on with that girl's family. Yeah, she's got, like, some problems and has some shockingly healthy attachment styles and communication systems for someone who's been through as much as she has been. So Barbie is—sorry, Rapunzel is a good role model in this one. Yes. For sure. I think she's great. (laughs) I think she's a little spunkier, too. I I feel like she's a little bit more— Tangible, which She's makes spunky. her like more likable. She's for spunky. Me. She could do with some therapy. I wish all of these movies. She has a hobby, so I guess that's maybe why I'm like this. This Barbie feels so much more real. Cause maybe she, because she has a hobby. Oh no, she just has a hobby. Which what is her hobby? Because we we opened in you know with our our little opening sequence of Shelley Kelly not being Isn't able to paint. Rapunzel a painter. And Rapunzel is also well. a painter. Yes. Yeah. This is where, man, real quick, we're going to get in so easily to how Will does not know anything about this movie. Cannot remember a single thing. I watched it so recently, and I paid attention and took and, and a lot like, of notes. He, she does paint, right? Yeah. Well, that's the I Disney. That's the Disney thing too. <laughs> that's true. They just copied Disney's this movie. Rapunzel. Also wears purple and also paints. Yeah. Coincidence? Hmm. Hmm. Well, Barbie did write hmm? the story of Rapunzel. True. And Tangle is an adaptation of Barbie as Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. It says based on the story by Barbie yeah. at the beginning of Tangled. So let's actually get into the world of Rapunzel. Yeah, we not quickly enough, we're through the framing device. Yes. And Shelly's gone uh-huh. until the end. I actually honestly can't remember if they show back up at the end or not, or if the movie just ends when Rapunzel's thing ends. It probably goes back to the workshop, and Shelley's so. made some, like, beautiful painting and has learned how to be no, a painter. No, I think she, like, finally has the, like, the resolve to start painting without Whatever. anybody telling Whatever. her what to paint. That's not the movie that yeah. we're talking about. Or we're talking about Barbie as Rapunzel. I could not now. be bothered. Rapunzel now. So this movie starts... Once we're actually in the movie, with your classic Rapunzel shindig. Yeah. She's in a beautiful kingdom, in a fantasy world, mm-hmm. very European. Yeah. But she's isolated. In this one, she lives in just, like, kind of her own mansion. That has a tower. That's her room. And she she stay, she sleeps in the tower. But it's kind of a, just a castle, and it's in, like, an enchanted forbidden forest. Sure type of thing. Whatever. <laughs> you know, your yeah. Rapunzel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your basic Rapunzel yeah. stuff. Where we start to mix it up is she's got a Spyro the Dragon ripoff best friend. <laughs> Penelope. Named Penelope, who is great. Yes. And Played by Cree Summer. I think that Penelope is just really likable. Yeah, For some reason, I'm, I'm so affectionate. Vocal performance. And there's a little rabbit guy, too, that probably has a name. Ugly. What's his name? Hobie? Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's Hobie. And he's, he's a fun character, but boy, he's ugly, okay? I, I'm a Hobie stan. Why is that the direction you're going with? But I think that he just character. looks so weird for being, like, on screen so much in a Barbie movie. I think that he just looks a little jarringly like, why are you a little horrific? I think for the first movie with Nutcracker, they could have gotten away with just a regular old voice actor playing the villain because Tim Curry should have played Hobie. Oh my gosh! And yeah. then Hobie would actually be oh, that would be worth kind of experiencing on screen. Yeah, Hobie's not working for me in this movie. He's the like straight man, 
to this comedic trio. Because Barbie, yeah. Barbie, love her. Everything she does, wonderful. Everything she does. But she's not playing to any character types or really playing any character at any point. Like, she's just sort of a... She's an observer and a participant in this story. And then you've got your straight man and your funny guy yeah. sidekicks she's, that she's are She's a little more involved in this one, but... Every single plot point in this movie revolves around... Kind of just curiosity. Every, she just kind of ends up in places, you know? Every single plot point in this movie revolves around Penelope accidentally kicking something or falling through a wall. Yeah. And, like, that's the active element that progresses the story. True. So it's Mother very... Gothel shows up and is like, hi, I'm not your real mom and I hate you. Yeah. And Rapunzel is like, all right, my bad. And then Penelope falls through the floor. And, yes. <laughs> and they all go down in the floor. And uh-huh. in here, I just think it's legitimately the funniest thing in the world. Like, great writing. Because there's this dungeon under the mansion (laughs) where Mother Gothel has, like, a dresser full of memorabilia. It's like this Phantom of the Opera-style lair. She has this lair. the vibes of this place. That's full of memorabilia of her ex-boyfriend that she was really in love with. So, like, pictures of them and, like, she's cut the face out of photographs and there's probably things that she can, like, smell to remind her of him. And then there's also, like, 35 barrels of wine. Yeah. And that's what this room is. is Yeah. This is Mommy's sad time room. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Mommy, too. Also, Mother Gothel, played by Angelica Houston. Anytime I watch an animated Rapunzel, it's... I'm, like, kind of sweating because it's, like, how hot is Mother Gothel going to be in this? <laughs> yeah. And can I handle that once we get there? True. And she's just regular hot in this. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's nothing to be bothered about. But I will go on record as saying that she's hot. You can look up pictures of her and make judgments on me and her. She's as, hot. You know, and it's not important. You know. The second hottest animated Mother Gothel. Hands down. Probably, probably completely true. And this is a Barbie podcast, so we're not here to... We're not here to objectify, but when, sure. but when, Mother Gothel is going to be out here looking great, you know, mm-hmm. giving us her best looks. We're going to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's true. If you're if you're going to turn a look, we're going to applaud. Yeah. So she she they discover this lair, and then I think Penelope has some other accident. Maybe she like lights the floor on fire or falls through the floor again and finds a tunnel. That Rapunzel is the only person brave enough to go into, and it leads to this whole other village, this beautiful kingdom. And I I love this sequence. I think that the score really carries this part. This is where we get into some of Praetorius's vo- Volt from Terpsichore. It's like a... Oh, yeah. That's, I was thinking that's what that was. Yeah. yeah, we all know it. Yeah. It's just it's this very light, like, bright, exciting little melody that carries us through this kingdom. And it's just Barbie walking through the kingdom and, like, really experiencing a lot of just, like, awe and wonder for everything around her. She, like, witnesses a blacksmith. She crosses paths with this cool little baker character that I think comes up in multiple Barbie movies. This is a recurring feature. Character model. Background it's actor. It's just, like, a Paul Giamatti-looking dude. Yeah. But he, you see him a lot, and he's and he's always just so charming. Um, and, and one thing, this is a Barbieism. I'm talking to you, Greta Gerwig. This is important, because I'm already getting kind of excited. Take notes. A Barbieism is that there is always a community of wonderful featured characters. 
So we, we fall in love with a couple knights from this kingdom, and there's that baker, and there's different craftsmen and merchants, and I don't know. It just, whatever it is, it makes me care about this community, and I think that's important in a Barbie movie, and Greta... You have a stacked cast. You have a stacked cast. You can make me care about every single future character in your in your movie. And I hope you do. Fall in love with a couple of knights is a bit of an exaggeration, I love don't them. you think? No, I love them. I think they're such a great I little... have thoughts on them. We'll get to them. Okay. I this opening village sequence is fine. I'm I, glad that you love it. I think it's so charming. But every Barbie movie is an adaptation. I, don't know. I said last week, every Barbie movie is an adaptation of a fairy tale. And whatever Disney movie was really popular. And yeah. I just don't like this sequence for, like, reminding me that I would. I love Barbie as Rapunzel, but it's like, yeah, I guess I would rather be watching Beauty and the Beast right now. Yeah, yeah. Marie? The Baguettes. <laughs> it's exactly that sequence with that yeah, guy. All the I same it characters. Is. You're, it's you're like right. a shot for okay, shot okay, ripoff. Yeah. But without. I don't know. I just like villages. I love. Hmm. Maybe I just like walkable cities. You just, Greta Gerwig. <laughs> Put a walkable city in your movie, and I'm there, and, and, I'm, and I'm in love. And in the United States. And in the United States. Do it, Greta. Build infrastructure that's not car-centric, please, Greta. Yes, please, Greta. Or Barbie. Hey, Barbie, run for Secretary of Transportation. Transportation. Barbie for Secretary of Transportation, yeah. please. So <laughs> We're in the village. Who else is in this kingdom? Prince? Stefan. You got it, baby. Wow, that I remember Tommy, who is Stefan's little brother's. <laughs> yes. Tommy is Stefan's little brother. The same little child actor with a great bowl cut. I just remember this kid because that's exactly what I looked like when I was presumably <laughs> his age with like the nastiest golden he blonde is. little bowl cut. Yeah. So I remember Tommy and he sucks and he's like practicing shooting arrows at people mm-hmm. like you do. And he, like, almost kills Stefan. Stefan's like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? And he's like, I'm, I'm trying to get out of here. You can't, you know, attempted murder me. And he's like, all right. And Stefan starts to leave. And Tommy's like, hey, Stefan. <laughs> I'm just glad you're my brother. Yeah. He doesn't own a Wilson impression. And then he sprints out of frame. And it's really weird. You get some <laughs> weird, like, Igor energy Wait, off of this little boy. you want to know what, though? I think that is maybe some of the most realistic writing for a child I'm character. I'm just glad you're my brother. Because, Pew! man, kids sometimes just are like, hey, wait, before you go, complete non sequitur, sprint, you know? It's a good bit. Stefan and Barbie meet. They have their meet cute out in the range <laughs> the prairies. <laughs> on the, yeah. They're the, out. It does look like this kingdom is in rural Idaho. Yeah, they're just out on the potato farm. Yeah. And there's a bunch of, like, little girls, maybe, like, I think triplets or quadruplets of Stefan's family. Like, his parents had Stefan and then four kids all about at the same time. Maybe they're Three girls and a boy or something. I don't know. It's, anyway. No one can say for yeah. sure. It's not important. Get over it. So... They fall into, like, a Vietnam War-style pit. Yeah, it's, like, really treacherous. <laughs> and it's really scary. Katrina and falls in there. It's always... Girls. Katrina is the Shelly insert character. And I do like that Barbie's taking the direction this time of, like, okay, I'm going to tell you another story about me being pretty and falling in love and wearing the coolest dresses you've ever seen. And this time... You almost die like 50 times because you're so clumsy. <laughs> yeah. So you better watch out. You're in actual peril. <laughs> yeah, you fall into a, a pit full of punji uh. sticks. But Stefan shows up. Why is there a pit? I can't remember for the life of me. Um, th- This kingdom is at war with another kingdom. 
Oh, yeah. We need to do a and big they, zoom and they out set there. Traps. So they're in like the World War on One no man's land, where yeah. between kingdoms, where there's like landmines and pit yeah. traps and all this other like demilitarized zone, like war crime stuff. And that's where everyone goes to play. And that's where Barbie and Stefan yeah. meet. There's a big war, like big war. Like big, we're talking huge feud. Epic. Like between two, two kingdoms. Kings, thus their kingdoms. And they hate each other and war could break out at any second. Yeah. And everyone, including all the villagers, are like terrified. And there might even be like war actually just going on, kind of But an, an invasion feels imminent. Yeah. Like there's probably skirmishes <laughs> on yeah, border, yeah. But an invasion of the kingdom feels imminent. Everybody's worried that they're going to get, you know, everyone's worried that they're going to get gingerbread villaged mm-hmm. is kind of yes. where we're at. We're made to care a little bit more about this kingdom, um, like I was saying. And then there's also, like, literal war with, like, actual war traps. And, and it's like, if this village got massacred, I would be very upset. But the gingerbread village... What do I care? Who are those who need, guys? Who needs them? The stakes are just so much higher in this. They movie. meet and they fall in love, and it's really great uh-huh. and, and cute. And it's the first man that Rapunzel's ever seen. Yeah. And they address that, I think, with like a throwaway line from the dumb rabbit who's like, she's like, he's the most handsome man I've ever seen. And yeah. He's like, he's the only man you've ever seen. How does that Who's the. I can't. I can't get into it. Oh, that was good. Try one more time. Take it again. I, Let's reset. He's the only man you've ever seen. <laughs> that's like kind that. of what he sounds like. Like uh, that's not bad. That's really not it, but it's something like that. It's it's a funky little choice. This is the point where we need to mention that this is the Barbie movie with the most Buck Wild line readings from actors yes. who. Just, I can only assume, did not read the whole script. And these are great actors, so you don't notice 99% of the time. Uh, There are just some really iconic lines. And the lines aren't anything, but they're... We don't need to do all our, like, Barbie impressions, but nobody sang anything in the way that a human would say. Hugo! That was really good. That was my Angelica Houston as Mother Gothel. That's exactly what she sounds like. That was exactly what she sounded like. We're going to make a super cut. For our TikTok yes. and Instagram of all of the bonkers line readings from this movie because yeah. it really is feeling like... Let's name drop it. What's our TikTok's account right now? Uh, Mind Over Mattel. Mind at Mind Over Mattel. Look it up. And There's our Instagram there yet, account really, is going to be the same thing. Yeah. So follow us there for bits and goofs and behind the scenes features. Yeah. Anyways, back to the story. So they go their separate ways and she goes back to the tower mm-hmm. and... Gets locked up. This is the middle uh, part of the movie, y'all, where certainly 40 things happen, and, and I, I remember, remember most of the them. order. So let's just kind of speed run things that happen here in the middle, because <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what order they happen. There's a big nightmare about Mother oh, Gothel yeah. being... Uh, this is where, in this nightmare sequence, we do get a Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. He climbs up the hair, but then there's giant Mother Gothel that, like... Grabs both of them in her hands like like Polly Pockets and is laughing. Nintendo 64 boss fight like floating around. I need to say this now. Hmm. Rapunzel has just regular long hair in this movie. For a re- like long hair for a normal person. Yeah. There is nothing magical or interesting about Barbie's hair. No, it, it is. It remarca- doesn't touch the ground. It's remarkably it's ankle long. length. 
It is extremely, it's ankle length in a braid. Like, it would yeah, probably touch the ground my, if she let it out. My professor in writing of, about ex- existentialism, well, let me take that again. Yeah. My professor for writing about existentialism when I was in college had hair that long, and I wouldn't call her Rapunzel. No, but you would be like, whoa, your hair is I'd be like, extremely wow, long. You're so cool, Dr. Nozomi Iray, if you're listening. <laughs> Great hair, my girl. Which is so cool. But a weird take for Rapunzel to just have, yeah, like... to just have long hair. Long hair. Yeah. Tangled gets a point for committing to the bit where her hair is, like, a mile long. And Barbie as Rapunzel gets a minus one for just, <laughs> for having, just having a regular person it long touch the ground. blonde hair. Yeah. That is clean hair. What else happens in the middle um, here? Okay, we've got that. Barbie at some point re- realizes that... This this magic hairbrush that she found in Mommy's cry den, Mother Gothel's wine cellar, um, that hairbrush by magic transforms into a paintbrush, and that paintbrush is magic, and so she can paint things that come to life. So she paints the village, the kingdom at one point, and can walk through the painting, and she can meet up with the prince again, and the prince invites her to a ball. That happens, and then other plot points happen. They're ta- she's They're, talking to the prince. Penelope, let's talk about this really quick. Penelope has an absolute zaddy of a father. Yeah, we do need That's to talk Hugo. about that. And he is <laughs> Okay. Call in. Call in Hold if on, you're... Man. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> this is just for fun and it's totally cool. This is a judgment-free zone. Mm-hmm. We love everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And I want to admire and respect... I want to respect your... I want to be discreet about this. Okay. So we're going to be respectful and discreet about this. But if you're listening and you watched this movie a lot as a child, and now you would say that your preference in physical and romantic partners somewhat (laughs) resembles the dragon from this movie, the dad dragon. Yeah. How about you just go ahead and tweet at me, at (laughs) William Kowser, just a thumbs up emoji. You don't have to say anything. (laughs) Yeah. If other people have listened and they're in the know, they're in the know when we're in a club and they won't judge you about it. Mm -hmm. But no one else will know what's going on. Just tweet at me a thumbs up emoji (laughs) if you think that your ideal partner might have been influenced by the physical and vocal performance of this dad dragon. So anyways, she has this daddy and... Um, Mother Gothel is like, hey, if if Rapunzel keeps having fun and your daughter helps, then I'm going to beat you up. Like, it's really an abusive kind of situation there. So that's also going on. And then eventually Barbie is locked up in her tower, but she wants to go to the ball. And so she... This is where we start to talk about important things, ladies, okay? She takes that paintbrush, and she is able to paint so many different dresses. We get, like, a dressing room scene, but she's painting all of the dresses. And I, it's so wonderful because, it, for whatever reason, I think that they can animate, like, glittery sparkles in this movie so fantastically, like, in a way that doesn't exist in real life. It is beautiful. And she paints these sparkles. And, and so she kind of goes through all of these dresses. And, and because this movie features art so prevalently, it also features a lot of art history. And so this is a scene that I've always loved because each of these dresses that she paints for herself have a lot of um, kind of nods to different art history movements. Um, and so, like, some of the ones that, that really stick out to me is she she kind of paints this, like, 
really dramatic, really regal kind of Baroque looking dress that's purple. Um, and then she goes in for a more kind of Sunday in the park with George, pointillism inspired kind of dress with a big parasol and bows. The one that I would pick and I cry thinking about it. When we are on the pink carpet premiere of Greta Gerwig's Barbie, any of you that know anything about costume construction, I need you. I will pay you millions of dollars. I need you to make me this abstract dress that Barbie paints for herself that's like pink and blue and orange and bright yellow. And it kind of has... Um, it's like a cubism dress. Yeah, it's, it's a... If, it's if Picasso made a dress for Barbie. It's... Oh, I found some... And it is not... <laughs> not traditional... This is a Buckwild dress. I would love to let Rio tell you all about why this dress is important to her. I will just preface, and I support her, and I want her to wear this. It's a hideous dress. It, it is it is cubism. Wait, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's so structured and, like, sculptural. I, w- I would say, like, the artist that it reminds me of is, like, Kandinsky. Um, or some of, like, Disney's animations in Fantasia. Um, to the Firebird, where there's a lot of just, like, triangles that are super animate, and they're really bright. And when, oh, and when she paints it, she she paints also kind of her background changes around her. And so for this one, she is just Barbie in this abstract dress in front of this abstract background. And it is so visually jarring from everything else going on. But I I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I would give we're gonna, anything we're to gonna wear that. We're going to spend a lot of money to get Rio this I dress. I love it. That's for sure. But, but that's not the one that she chooses. She she then creates kind of this this very, I don't know, princessy. Best dress yet. Beautiful Best dress. Best dress we've seen it in the It is this like lavender-y with like soft pink and it is so sparkly. This like sheer fabric And the sheer fabric top. is so impressive with these puffy sleeves and a, I think it has like a sweetheart neckline or something. I'm sure you all are are really wanting to know these details spoken to you in a in a audio format. I, you can just look it up, but I'm going Google to describe it. for you word for word. What's this more dress. important is this but is where they lovely. prove this is where they prove that they have their hooks in you. This is where they prove that they have their hooks in me. Because she starts to glow and like the dress is appearing and you know that it's coming yes. and then it cuts away to like a different scene for yeah. a minute. Can I say that it edges you? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> it really yeah, it just keeps you waiting because she's it's so slow this one she just like really takes her time like drawing that paintbrush around her and then she's glowing and then you see that glowing from outside the tower they make you wait for it and you feel anxious the whole time to see this dress and it's worth it it. and it pays off it totally it it totally pays off beautiful i think this is all after so there is actually the story bits are coming back to me in flashbacks. It's the only way to like experience this. So Mother Gothel's like, "Who's this guy that you're seeing? Tell me what his name is." And she's like, "I don't know what his name is because she doesn't." Oh yeah, this and then, is a really important. Because he's the line. prince, and then she's like, "You're lying to me. I'm gonna cast a spell to trap you in this tower, and if you're a liar, you can't get past this magical spell, and you're trapped here." And then she cuts off, <laughs> she cuts off Rapunzel's hair, yes. and wears it like a wig <gasps> in like the most psychotic yes. scene I've ever seen in my she life. She goes to the ball, and Mother Gothel goes to the a, ball. There's a masquerade ball wearing Barbie's head. And leather gloves. And leather gloves and, like, a masquerade because Stefan's like, how will I know it's you at the masquerade? Because he's not going to bother to get to know this girl. So she's just like, uh-uh. my, my, my long hair. 
Not like magically long, but long for a person long, blonde hair. Yeah. You'll, you can recognize me through that. And so Mother Gothel wears her hair, and uh, Stefan sees what he thinks is Rapunzel, and he's ready to go full sprint at her. Yes. And she starts, like, flirtatiously running he's away. He's, like, salivating. He's drooling. He's like a hound dog in this scene. She goes into, like, a maze, like a hedge maze, and Stefan is 100% sure he's about to have a romantic nighttime encounter with this long-haired blonde. He yeah. is never not full sprint, like Olympic sprint through this maze yes. trying to catch up to this girl. He is ready to go. Yeah. And then he shows up and Mother <laughs> Gothel like rips off the hair. It's like a horror scene. She's like reveals that she's a, a MILF and rips off her yeah. hair and Stefan is perplexed. It's... I don't. I couldn't get a read if he was upset about it, <laughs> he's but like, he's perplexed, uh. <laughs> decided. And then she tries to murder him. Yes, with her. She has magic. By the way, she's like a wizard. By the way, she has. She's like a wizard. Yeah, she has magic. And so then, it, and then it kind of inverses because then Stefan's like, "Well, I'm out of here," and then she starts full sprint chasing him, and it's like, whoa! The climax of this movie really is. Yeah. Whew. Let's just get it all out because. I could spend hours talking about this movie and its plot structure, but the the basic premise is that yeah. <laughs> Mother Gothel was in love with Stefan's... No. No. The guy who became the king. Yes, Stefan's dad. No, she was in love. Mother Gothel, the boyfriend that she's so broken up about, is Rapunzel's father. That's right. Rapunzel's dad. So she and steals... His daughter and raises it as her own. Because, quote, she should have been my daughter. Yeah. That's the darkest this thing I've ever heard. An insane drama. In any film. Yeah. So then. But, but King Wilhelm, Barbie's dad, thinks that Stefan's dad did it, and that's why these kingdoms are at war with Vietnam style tribes. Barbie got kidnapped, then that's why these kings go to war. One of them is Stefan's dad, one of them is Barbie's dad. And Barbie's dad is the guy that Gothel was really into and still is. But now she just wants to, like, kill everybody and make this war happen or whatever. She's the bad guy. Don't worry about it. This movie. She runs off and Barbie even says, like, it's okay. I forgive you. But Mother Gothel still runs back through the painting to get back into the tower. But because she lied about uh, Barbie's parents being dead, now she's trapped in the tower forever and left to starve to death. This movie is written like a Shakespeare play if Shakespeare wrote Shrek fanfic. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> what you need to know about this. Like, we haven't gotten too much into it, but the comedy and the dragons and the, like, jokes that they're trying to go for feel really Shrek oh, adjacent. Oh, uh, tell them about the clown characters. There's two Shakespearean clowns that are, like, knights that are straight up out of a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Of, like, your Abbott and Costello kind of, like straight man funny guy another one of those setups except that I would go on a limb to say that nothing that they say or do is particularly funny that's not true I think there might be some in the studio who disagree with ask me. me ask me what part of it is funny what part of it is funny dragon oh yeah they yell that they, probably blew out the microphone yeah they I'll do it a little softer yeah. he goes dragon there's a little option up at the end and I, th- I agree it's funny when dudes yell and he's wearing and, and, the, and his pants his metal pants burn off, and you can see his underwear, you and it has see hearts that on them. You can see he's wearing heart boxers. Loser. 
Isn't that so funny? Don't you just love Shrek? <laughs> Isn't yeah. Shrek so funny? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's sh- structured like a Shakespeare play of it like is. cut away to a comedy scene, set up their love interest, sneak away. And like a really high stakes family drama. A really high stakes family drama with like war. Uh, mm-hmm. This is like one of Shakespeare's fantasies. This could be like Winter's Tale. Yeah. It's like kind of the stakes that this whole thing is operating on. I would love to For see. For all you, all you Shakespeare heads out there, all you uh, who love Barbie and Shakespeare. Yeah, I, I'd love to see. What's that Venn diagram Barbie's like? King Henry V or whatever. Yeah, Barbie as Lady <laughs> Macbeth. When? When. Greta. Greta. <laughs> Make it happen. So that's the movie. That's the movie. Basically. And I have to go to the lobby. Got to pee. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna head to the lobby. But what are you? What are you gonna get? Pickle. Ew. In a bag. Spicy pickle in a bag. Oh no. Oh dear. Um, I think I'm gonna get some sprees. Okay. We'll see you in just a second. Bye. So. Thanks for sticking around through our break. Yeah. We are back. Glad you're all still here. Rio, nice I trip. caught you watching the DVD extras of this movie yes. this morning, so I think that's where you're going to be taking us. Yeah, so on Barbie Rapunzel, I had uh, the DVD, which came with full bonus features. Well, hold on. You just made me realize something interesting linguistically about these movies, is that you can just cut out the preposition, and most people do. Because it's confusing. Barbie so you can Rapunzel. Just say, Barbie Nutcracker, Barbie Rapunzel. That is interesting. Barbie Swan Lake. Carry on. Um, and so I had a really great dress-up game, but the game that I loved more was this game that was just literally an education of art history. And I think it is so well put together because um, Barbie is decorating the castle because she moved in because she got married, and she wants to hang up some of her favorite pieces of art. And so she chooses a lot of, um, like, Renaissance art. And so I just want to point out some of my favorite pieces of art that um, you can actually see in the movie as you're entering the masquerade ball and when there's different chase scenes. Um, Can I just say, tells you about it's these. nice that they included this, but this was just their way of justifying the fact that they didn't want to have to make their artists paint anything, and they just stole royalty-free <laughs> public domain art and put it in their movie. Maybe. Tell me. <laughs> Back to the magic. Um, Barbie really gets into the storytelling of art, which is, I think, literally what is like the basis of my connection with art history as an adult is is she looks at this Michelangelo piece where um, a fortune teller is like stealing a ring off of a man's hand and that has always just like framed the way that I look at art pieces now so thank you Barbie for that Barbie has like great taste in art that's not supported by like anything else yeah like we don't know anything about her or her likes her interests but she likes interesting engaging art yeah she does. Um, there's a huge collection of Peter Paul Robin, um, one of which is this really great portrait of his wife, Hélène Formant, um, which uh, none of these, they're all male artists, but Barbie has a real knack for choosing pieces that most of them are, are showing an empowered woman yeah. or, or like something really interesting. Um, there's like mystery too. So this is where I want to get into. Art herstory. Yes. This is where I want to get into Sandro Botticelli, because there, I think, is a lot of Sandro Botticelli in this movie. Wasn't she in Miss Congeniality? (sighs) And Gravity. 
Sandro Botticelli, a Renaissance painter. Um, I wrote a little bit about him, so let me tell you, because I love. Did you write Botticelli. an essay? What's going on? Just a little bit, okay? Because I'm, I. You're losing Botticelli. your cool girl status right now, really <laughs> no, quick. No, this is it's cool to be passionate and have interest it is cool. in the arts. Uh, yeah, we, lo- we love. I'm it. a we Renaissance love it. woman. We love, it. we love it. Botticelli, he you. You probably know him from uh, Birth of Venus, which is one of my favorite paintings of all time. He painted that. Um, but Botticelli was an early Renaissance painter who he, like, kind of fell off completely when he died. Well. But, but he wasn't popular when he was dead. Not very prolific post But there was this art movement from the Pre-Raphaelites. So that's, like, people like John William Waterhouse and Hunt and Rossetti. They, like, they painted Ophelia. Um, that kind of completely revived his painting style and thus a lot of his paintings with it. And so that's why when you see paintings that have that kind of Renaissance look, some of them are for, from the 1450s and some of them are from the 1850s. Is because there were two very similar kind of art periods, one being inspired by the other one. So in this art history game on the bonus features, the Botticelli painting... sounds like a fun game, babe. <laughs> sounds like a really fun game. <laughs> Where you look at Will a you painting. let me talk to the girls listening? Is this a Barbie game or is this a textbook? Paper. <laughs> Listen. Can we talk about the dress up, dress up game? No. I I know for once in my life I don't want to talk about the dress up game. And it's one of the best dress up, ga- dress up games out there. This is important. but Back to Sandra Botticelli. school. Listen, we're in school. Everybody shut up. Barbie, I can be teacher. Okay. Sandra Botticelli, the one in the in the bonus features is Portrait of a Young Woman, and Barbie likes this one because it has a little mystery because her arm is too long. And so a lot of people think that the artist, after he painted it, had to cover up his her hand with more fabric, and it gives her this really long arm, and nobody knows why. And oh. the artist is Sandra Botticelli. Yeah. Now let me tell you just a couple of things that I think are references to Botticelli in the film, okay? Coming straight Speed to round. Netflix true crime. Why is this girl in a painting's arm a little too long? Can't just be because Botticelli is bad at painting arms. <laughs> the most famously difficult part of a no! person to paint. <laughs> no, you don't understand. Oh, no, her arm's just a little long. Uh, this must be... He must be trying to teach me something about God. yeah. One thing that I really love about all of these art pieces that Barbie Rapunzel is decorating her palace with is that some of them, like the one by Peter Paul Raban of his wife, is like, this was his own personal collection, and he requested that it never be sold. But you know Barbie's going to have that hot painting. Well, it's not Barbie's fault. Barbie married into a powerful military kingdom. Yeah. And... If her new father-in-law conquered Italy and happened well, no, I to think bring that I, back a couple paintings. I'm sure that Peter Paul was just like, oh, well, Barbie wants it? Well, then Barbie can have it. I remember, mean, I leave this to Barbie. I bet he left it to her in as well. Remember when you named your kid just by throwing <laughs> the New Testament up into the air and pointing with all ten of your fingers at a random page and you just put every name that you pointed <laughs> at? Like and Peter Paul. Name? Ruben, yeah, even. Peter James John Ruben Botticelli. <laughs> okay, moving on to Botticelli. Botticelli, I was talking I think, about Botticelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I just bounced back to. Peter I'm, I'm on Botticelli right now. You're on Botticelli in the game. Hold on, everybody. Big pause. Woo, woo. This is Rio's Botticelli business. The special segment on this podcast <laughs> where we talk about Botticelli alert. Botticelli, uh, yeah. get ready. This is going to be a recurring bit every week. Rio shares her top Botticelli facts. <laughs> 
Take it away, Rio. So in in the DVD game and the bonus features, the the Botticelli piece that we see is game in quotation marks on the DVD. Oh, we already talked about that. We did a really good job talking about is, the game. Is part. game in quotation marks? Does this say like Barbie's art history game? I don't remember Wink. what it's called. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a game. What do you do? So she gives you a hint and you this is this is not important for the podcast, but she gives you a hint of like, I'm looking for a landscape. And then you have a bunch of different paintings. That's a good Barbie. And 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 then I'm a six-year-old, and I kind of only a little bit know what I'm like. Oh, a landscape! I know this one has and land then, in think, it. And then I and then she teaches me about what an or like what is, which one of these do you think is a still life? And then so that it's, sounds it's actually, like school, actually. No, but uh, okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> but what you, you described decorate the palace. You actually described fourth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds great, though. You get to choose where the paintings go? I am smarter than a fifth grader, do you but boy, get to, do I have the heart of one. Do you get to choose where the paintings go in this house? No. <laughs> or are you just looking at where Barbie thought no, all her cool Barbie paintings would go? Barbie just tells me where to put them. But she's right. She puts them where I would have put them. So like, it doesn't even need to be a game. Yeah. This is the equivalent <laughs> when you're a kid. When you're a young boy, you don't watch these DVDs. You just you play N64 with your brother. And if he doesn't want to play with you, he'll just give you a controller that's not plugged in, and you feel like you're participating, but you're not doing anything. That's what Barbie did to you. Maybe. And and it's fun. I, I was that little brother. Maybe. I liked it. But you want to know what? I'm just so smart and eclectic and well-rounded now as a person, so... Okay, back to Botticelli. I've interrupted you 50 <laughs> times. What did you want to share about Botticelli? So, outside of the DVD, I do think that there are a lot of Botticelli references in the actual film Barbie as Rapunzel. Most obviously, the horse. Everybody remember that there's horses in Barbie movies? Yeah. Her name's Botticelli in this one. And Katrina almost dies trying to get her an apple. So there's our first reference. And then um, talking about those triplets, so Katrina and the other ones, I think that some of their costuming um, seems rather inspired by Botticelli, as well as Barbie's first dress that she wears. She wears this, like, more uh, peasant-style pink dress, and it it really looks like the dress in um, Botticelli's portrait of a young woman. Yeah, you know how poor people just wore hot pink dresses in their towers back yes. in the day. Yeah. It's like one of those. It's just like one of those kind of plain. You know, you're like your your poverty she ball gown. She paints on it. It's it's nothing, you know? And then the the triplets also, I think that their costumes have kind of some light references. This is maybe a stretch, but this is where my brain went, okay? Is that um, Janessa, the brunette one. I think her name's Janessa. I love you for looking that up. She wears this dress that kind of looks like springtime, which is one of the characters painted in Botticelli's Birth of Venus. He puts a lot of storytelling and mythology into his paintings, so there's a little nod to that. Um, In his painting Adoration of the Magi, there is a peacock really heavily centered. What am I saying? There's a peacock that is prevalent. This painting stars a great peacock. This painting stars a great peacock, and that kind of gets associated with Botticelli's aesthetic and homegirl Kathleen. Kathleen? I don't know. She has a peacock dress. And then Katrina wears pink. And Botticelli loves some pink. Let me tell you that. So I mean, Barbie did the costume design, so you can't yeah, it's blame true. her. That's her signature. Yeah. Barbara Millicent Botticelli. Do you think that She's Barbie... She's the great-great-granddaughter. I think that Barbie... This is a real thing that happens in film where... 
people will like ask for certain set pieces or decorations so that the director can just like steal that thing and then have it and keep it in their house. Mm-hmm. That happens, and like paintings have gone missing this way, like famous paintings. Uh, do you think that's what Barbie was doing? She like got like glass onion style, got like the museum of <laughs> the Louvre to lend her some Botticellis, and now she's just kept them. Maybe. She seems like a big fan. And if she was using these films as, like, an underground art fence, like, to cover up for her work as an art thief. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Which, you know what? Same era, Mona Lisa. And that that did happen with the Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa also came out in 2003, yeah. That was was big for all of us. That was big for... Anyways, that is your crash course in... The representation of early Renaissance and high Renaissance art styles in Barbie as Rapunzel, the complete DVD set. How many discs? Uh, one. That's an easy set to complete, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't own these. And if I did, it would have been on VHS, I think. I oversaw the comments on the YouTube video that you were watching of this, and they were like, people say that Barbie's just dumb. But she taught me about art. So you're not alone. There's like a 35-year-old woman who comments on YouTube videos that, hey, you know what? Actually, this is going to be on YouTube. And if you commented, I wouldn't judge you. We should comment this podcast episode underneath. We should promote our own video underneath whoever recorded the DVD game. ripped DVD game. (laughs) So this movie, in regards to all movies, just got me thinking about the weird thing where animation is super weird as an art form. We okay. love it. You know, Guillermo del Toro is out there fighting for animation to be recognized by the Academy and to be taken seriously, that it's not its own type of movie. It's just a medium for making movies, and animation is cinema. I believe that. Animation is just weird because it imitates movies so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a camera... And lenses and framing, and you don't do camera moves usually that, like, you couldn't do in real life conceivably. Like, it's cheaper to do, like, a dolly shot or, like, have your camera be flying across the landscape. But you could do that in a movie. But you're not limited to that. You're a guy with a computer. Yeah. You're Barbie at a computer programming this digital world. You don't even need a camera. You could have 18 cameras all shooting the same thing at the same time. Yeah. And they wouldn't interfere with each other. And it's weird that animation hasn't gotten more avant-garde. These Barbie movies are made in exactly the way that you would make a live-action movie. But it just uses digital actors. Barbie. Yeah. Just one digital actor playing every role. <laughs> no, she Barbie doesn't. does the mocap for every role and then brings in other people to do the the voiceover. True. Yeah. And she's out there in Unreal Engine making her own digital environments and Gosh. designing all the costumes. She's and incredible, you guys. Yeah, and she's good in this movie. Yeah, she is. Can we just say that? She feels so much more comfortable. Yeah. So much more in her element. Yeah. Maybe her she, acting is a lot more natural. Maybe she kind of delegated some of the movie-making tasks a little it bit. It seems like she's got a lot less on her plate. Yeah. She knows that she's already had a hit mm-hmm. and that the people love her and want to see her on the big screen. She just seems like she's really easing into herself a lot yeah, more in yeah. this one, a much more naturalistic performance from Barbie. Mm-hmm. 
still waiting for her to not just play Barbie. Mm. Does that happen at any point as far as you can tell? Oh, yeah, it does. Does she ever play, like, the ugly stepsister? You just wait until Barbie in A Christmas Carol. Is she Bob Cratchit? No, she's Scrooge, baby. <laughs> okay. See, like, I want to see her stretch those acting chops yeah, a little bit. you'll see it. You'll see but it. But she's just Coming playing Barbie. Soon. Okay, that is exciting, actually. Yeah. Is that real, or are you messing with me? I am not making... No, as soon as we released our first episode, I got, like, five messages that were, like, Christmas Carol when? Christmas. Soon. Christmas. I don't know. We're going through these in release order, by the way. Yeah. Mother Gothel gets a trombone shot. That's all that I really wanted to talk about. What's a trombone shot? You know, like in your favorite movie, Jaws? Yeah. When Sheriff Brody sees that there is a shark in the water oh. and it like the dolly zoom, the dolly pushes in. So a trombone shot or a dolly zoom. Yeah. Or the vertigo technique, because ah, Alfred Hitchcock kind of okay. invented it, is when you push the camera towards your subject, but you zoom out at the same time. Yeah. Or you pull your camera away from the subject and you zoom in at the same time. Uh-huh. So the subject stays the same size, but the the world around them is changing perspective in relationship to them, and it looks super disorienting. Yeah. It feels and like the person's, like, zooming in on Yeah. You use something. it for, like, shock. And it's used a lot in animation, like, all the time, mm-hmm. even though there's not a camera or a dolly, or lenses, but they use these, like, mechanical techniques that require a camera with pieces of glass and how those interact with light to pull off this technique. And then someone learned how to—Barbie learned how to code that (laughs) into a computer to replicate this thing that, like, requires light from the sun and camera lenses that have been molded in a sensor and pushing that at the same time as you're zooming out. Which is just, I get freaked out when I think That's about crazy. that. Because cameras are so complex. And the fact that someone has to perfectly recreate a camera inside an animation engine, Barbie. I don't know why I keep getting general with this. We know who invented animation. It was Barbie, Barbie in 2001. Yeah. With Barbie and the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. She went to sleep. That's probably why she was a little bit more. <laughs> you can see it in her performance yes. in Barbie the Nutcracker a little bit. She's. Uh-huh. She spent a lot of long nights inventing animation <laughs> yeah. and computers yeah. so that her animation would work. Because there's hand-drawn animation before that. Sure. But no one had done animation with computers before 2001. No. I might get my degree revoked for saying that, but I'm not going to take it back. <laughs> the university where I am getting my master's degree is the university where computer animation was invented by the guys who founded Pixar. So I feel like I need to shout them out, but I won't because your accomplishments are nothing when compared to Barbie's accomplishments. <laughs> name one good Pixar movie. Try it. You can't. No. I could name two The good, good dinosaur. No. No. That sucked. And they tried to put it in the name, too, and I everything. Know, and it really... But I can name two good Barbie movies. Yeah. yeah. Three. I'm pretty sure we're watching Barbie in Swan Lake next week. Mm-hmm. Barbie as Swan Lake. <laughs> Barbie in the literal swan lake. Barbie gets in the swan lake. Barbie gets into the lake of the swans. I think is what we're watching next week. Yes. Just before we wrap things up and we read your letterbox reviews, there's another way that would be fun to do this. Hmm. So if you're enjoying the podcast and if you're listening, if you got this far, you know, odds are you fell asleep or you're having fun. Either way, mission accomplished on our end. I would love to lull you to sleep. You have my permission to fall Mm -hmm. asleep to this. 
99. with, you know, if you want to. And if you did that before I gave you permission, I would feel a little uncomfortable because I feel like that was kind of a breach of the boundaries that we established. Like, yeah, you should have asked. But, but now yeah, no. it's okay. I'm totally okay yeah, to be her. with you while you honk sleep. Honk shoe. Honk shoe, baby. Baby, get you a honk me me right now. Yeah. Good night, baby. Good night, baby. The lullaby in this movie is gorgeous. <gasps> yeah. And I would like you to sing that. And to me she every night. chews on the words too. She's she is putting her heart and soul. Oh, and they get heart and soul into constant as the stars above. The most the most two thousands movie thing where the end credits is the R and B remix of the song. <laughs> it's really good. That's on my Spotify playlist for February. It's just the Barbie version and then the R&B version. It's two songs. Yeah. And it's probably like 12 minutes. It's like a a lot of this movie is spent on the lullaby. Yeah. But we're not talking about this movie anymore. What we're talking about is how you like listening to our podcast because you think that we're fun or funny or soothing or whatever it is. If you are enjoying this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us is to leave a review or a rating, maybe a comment on wherever you're watching this, just interact with the version of this podcast that you are listening to. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and both of those, it really, really helps to have a rating with engagement so more people can listen to our podcast. So if you go ahead and give us... Yeah, what's up, guys? Welcome to our channel. Go ahead and smash that like button. Make sure to like and subscribe. Comment tag your friends below. Yeah, share it with a friend. I didn't want to go full Ebro with it, <laughs> but I think that can be your character. Yeah. And I'll be like the good cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, five stars would really help us Yeah. if you could just give it five stars. Turn your notes on. I'll be, I'll be like a Welsh vlogger. You're being a Welsh good cop, vlogger. too. No, I'll be, I'll be like a Welsh vlogger that's like, hi, guys, thank you so much for boosting the channel. Make sure you turn your notes on. We release a new podcast episode. I don't think Welsh vloggers is as universal of a reference as you might be <laughs> Maybe thinking it's it is. Not. <laughs> Maybe it isn't. But you get that out too. But Rio does love her Welsh vloggers. Yeah, I do. So, if you have less than a five star opinion on this podcast, that's okay. If it's four and a half stars. Yeah. But if you're feeling Four worse than that, you can go ahead and just send me a text directly or a DM. But let's keep it up. You can go ahead and send us your Addy. We're not going to hurt you. Don't don't send us your address. You can just tell me your constructive <laughs> if you don't criticism. Like the podcast, send, turn on your location. Just and meet me in the parking lot. And, but don't just don't don't put it in Spotify or Apple Podcasts because that would hurt me. Yeah. You you're taking money away from us if you do that. Yeah. Any every stealing. half star you do, I mean, they don't tell you this yeah. very often. A lot, not a lot of podcasters want to get as transparent as we are. But every half star that you do below five is how many tens of thousands of dollars Spotify will take from our account. Yeah, and and charge us because it costs a lot of money to have bad podcasts up. It's free to have a good podcast. Yeah. Up. So we want people to know this is a good podcast. So thanks. Would love your help with that. Love you. Mwah. You're the best. Mwah. Wow. Look at this audience. So handsome. Aw. Look at you. Aw. Did you get a haircut? You look great. You look really good. Oh, my gosh. I, I'd love to. What do you think about the podcast, by the way? Why don't you comment that publicly 
and tell your friends. I didn't want to like and talk I'd love, about I've this. always loved your friends too. I think that you just have the best taste in people. You are you an empath? Anyways, did you have a review? Four stars from Leo. You seeing that one right now too? No. Leo dropped a four star review with a favorite. There was literally no reason to make Daddy Dragon such a dilf, and yet they did. I think there were a couple good reasons. I, I think it's a stretch to say there was no reason to to yeah to do what they did to that dragon. Yeah. Oh no! Don't put a little metal choker on him. No. This is a review from Amateur, which says, People will point out how Barbie invented Tchaikovsky, but they seem to forget she also invented Dvorak as well. I'm so glad that she did, too. And I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Todd on Letterboxd gave this a three-and-a-half-star review, and he quoted his favorite quote from the movie, which is, Zap him, fry him, puree him. Otto says that. Otto is the little weasel who we didn't touch on at all, but all you need to know is that he's a weasel, he's Weasley, and he sounds like if you put every European in a blender. (laughs) Yes. And so Todd said that quote, and then Todd said, (laughs) this was a a three-and-a-half-star review, but Todd said, I have my own thoughts about this movie, but I feel that it's a woman's issue, so I will remain silent. That's a respectful king. Yes. He's choosing to let women talk about this movie. Because this is this movie's for girls. And he's not out here starting a podcast. This movie's for everybody, but not everybody can have an opinion on it. Yeah, that's you know? why that's why I will never share what I think about a Barbie movie on never. this podcast. Mm-mm. Out of respect for you, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> Every opinion that a man has takes two opinions away from a woman. <laughs> For every opinion that a man has, a woman gets 75% of an opinion, 0.75 opinions. <laughs> the The opinion economy is pretty... Yeah, mind the gap, huh? But, I mean, as far as Letterboxd goes, I would say that the opinion economy is a little bit skewed towards bros, and I think <laughs> a couple bros could do with a little bit less reviewing. So shout out to you, Todd. Yeah. Um, another review that I saw... Said that every time Hobie hops, it sounds like raw chicken breast slap in the floor. Oh. Ash, four and a half stars. From now on, I only watch films with PlayStation 2 graphics. That's a great comparison. <laughs> also, two and a half stars from Lindsay. Like someone mixed together Tangled and Ratatouing and then accidentally spilled in some chemical X. But I, I like Ratatouing. <laughs> it's a verb. Now. I'm going Ratatouing tomorrow, actually. Oh, I left my my ratatouille at home. Darn. Yeah. So if you want us to read your review, if you leave your review of a Barbie movie in the reviews of our podcast, we will read it on the podcast, and we would love to. Or if you just have spicy little messages for us, not not like spice, not like... If you want to just get us to say something on the podcast, I'll say anything that you put <laughs> in the comments. Anything, yeah. Anything you want. How low would you rate this movie out of uh, 12 Dancing Princesses? 10 out of 12 Dancing Princesses. Nice. Um, I think I'm going to rate it, I I would say 9.5 for the movie itself. But if we're including the whole thing, bonus features and everything, that is a 12 out of 12 Dancing Princesses experience. Yeah, once you add in the art lesson... 12 out of 12. Thank you so much to Barbie for everything that you do. Thanks for creating the universe. 
and pink. Mm-hmm. And women. Oh, that was a big one. That was a really good one. Thank you to Barbie for creating women and, and pink and careers. Careers was a good one. Some women's suffrage. Yeah. Thank you to Barbie for that. Uh, um, infrastructure, architecture, pretty much all of that. The, yeah. the, the Renaissance. I'm going to go ahead and check that one up yeah. for her. And thank you, Will. Thank you, Rio. And thank you, audience. I love you. Bye-bye now. <laughs>